I was reading this week about a university student who was seen with a large K printed on his t-shirt. When someone asked him what the K stood for, he said, confused. (laughs) But the questioner replied, you don't spell confused with a K. And the student answered, you don't know how confused I am. And I thought, boy, that is so true, is it not? We spend a lot of time and energy trying to get our mind around certain things and trying to see it for what it really is. And uh, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. We truly need clarity from the Lord to see things for what they really are. And uh, sometimes we don't see that because we're not looking to God through eyes of faith. We're not looking at our situation through eyes of faith. It's in those moments we're tempted to leave God out of the equation altogether and lean to our own understanding, making decisions based upon how we see it instead of how God sees it. Let me ask you, are you praying and seeking God to give you His mind, His sight, His clarity on something? Or you're like, you know, wait, this is what I think. This is the way I see it. I'm telling you, the way I see it is the way it is. Oh, you better be careful there. You better be careful. It could not be anything otherwise. I know what I'm seeing. Really. You better be careful there giving to that pride, that self-assurance that says, I don't really need to pray as much. I just know what I'm looking at and I know something for what it is when I see it. A hard-headed, self-willed, self-driven, strongly opinionated person, quote, calls it like they see it. Now, if we're seeing it for what it really is, we need to call it. Isn't that right? That's not an issue. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll not be concerned as to whether we have the true picture or not. They'll deal with situations and people on the basis of their personal interpretation of things. They're not looking for the full picture or the total truth, meaning they're considering every angle and possible option or reality. They're oftentimes not intellectually curious or even honest in making sure they've done the homework and have the true and complete picture before them of what must be addressed. They can be driven by emotion and a need for affirmation. They can even mask their own insecurities, deceiving themselves as they project self-importance toward the situation, maximizing their opinion and the unimportance of others. What you think doesn't matter. What I think is all that matters. If you're not careful, you're not being honest because you're not seeking God. You're not open for correction. Do you think you have any blind spots? How many of you think you have any blind spots? If you didn't raise your hand, that's one, all right? That's one of them right there. We all have blind spots, isn't that right? I mean, I'm missing something. I've prayed to the Lord, Lord, as best I know, this is what I'm seeing. If I'm not seeing it for what it really is, would you please show me? 
God helped me to see it. And sometimes God would show me through prayer, through reading His Word. Sometimes God would send someone in my path and they would give me a perspective that I hadn't thought about. So the way I try to live my life is to always be open. I want to be teachable. I, I want to be someone who can be corrected. I learned this years ago. If I'm in line with God's Word, then God's Word will stand. But if I'm not in line with God's Word, I need to ditch what I'm thinking and embrace what He says. This right here is forever settled in heaven. Not my understanding, not yours, but God's. That's why oftentimes we get in trouble because we think in terms of religious things, spiritual things, but we don't really sometimes know God through His Word as we should. We don't seek His mind and the wisdom of His ways which are not always our ways, but are higher than our ways. If we're not careful, we can get ourselves in trouble thinking that, well, this is what I think, this is what I'm going to do, and nobody's going to change my mind. Well, I tell the Lord this all the time. Lord, if there's something that I'm thinking or saying or doing that is not in line with the wisdom of your will and your mind, show me. I'm willing to be corrected. I've seen preachers think they're doing something that uh, God would have them to do, but then they're just demonstrating a lack of biblical understanding. I've seen husbands who thought they were taking good care of their wives, but were actually covering for their passive, aggressive behavior. I've seen dads and moms who thought they were protecting their children, but were encouraging and even enabling a sense of entitlement. Sometimes we just don't get it, do we? Sometimes we truly miss it and we don't see it for what it really is. That's why we must ask God to show us through His Word, by His Spirit, open our eyes, turn on the light, Lord, and show me what I need to see in this matter. I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me this morning to the book of Numbers. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Find your place here. I want you to see a phrase here because I want you to follow along. This is so powerful to me. God used this to truly speak to my heart recently. As I was just going through my Bible reading, I came across Numbers 13 one morning. As I was reading verse 17 and following, I want you to read it aloud with me because I want you to think about what he's saying here. Numbers 13, verse 17, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that dwell in, they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage, and bring forth the fruit of the land, 
Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Thank you. You may be seated. God wants us to look to him by faith, number one, to see things for what they really are. Notice what Moses said here. Go in and see the land, verse 18, what it is. Let's take a look and see what's going on here. Let's see what we're dealing with because obviously we're going to deal with it in faith. We're going to trust God with it. But on our end, let's get a good idea of the lay of the land, the people of the land, and what the land has to offer so we know what we're dealing with. Are you that kind of person? Do you have a heart of, of openness, of honesty, of curiosity that says, Lord, I want to do my homework. I want to do my part. I want to make sure that I know more of what I'm dealing with. I've got a good handle on this. Because if I'm missing something, then that can frustrate ultimately what you are doing in my life, and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be someone who is self-willed. I don't want to be someone who is given to leaning to my own understanding. So, Lord, help me to see things for what they really are. Maybe there's a situation you're dealing with right now, and that's what you need to be praying. You need to be looking into it, doing your homework, go as far as you can. I was doing some homework last night in a certain matter and praying about it, doing some research, and I thought, Lord, help me to have a true grasp of what I'm dealing with here. I don't want to deal foolishly, proudly, without knowledge or understanding. I was reading Proverbs chapter 5 some years back, and the Bible says about the one who is kind of following his own understanding, his own way, doing his own thing. It says here, he will be taken by the cords of his own iniquity. In the greatness of his folly he shall go astray, and he shall die without knowledge. I thought, wow. I would hate for there to be some kind of knowledge that God has provided that would shine the light on something I'm dealing with, and I miss it. I would hate to leave this world one day and all of a sudden, here we are. God says, had you applied yourself, had you read my word, had you been open-hearted and open-minded for me to teach you, then I would have given you instruction. But you thought you'd already arrived. One thing I do like about getting a little bit older, as I've told you, it gives you an urgency it gives you confidence. You've learned a lot of things. But if you're not careful, you can think, well, I've learned all there is to know. And we have it. Right? I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of people. I've been in a lot of places and situations. And uh, I thought, well, I believe I know what I'm dealing with here, Lord. But I've learned before I make a decision to pray and seek God in his mind and not leave God out. Are you praying? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you saying, God, help me to see what I'm dealing with here. Give me an idea, an understanding of the challenge before me so I can trust you to do what you can and to do what I can't as I do what I can and must. Don't leave God out. Oh, there's such a work that God wants to do in your life and in my life. 
He says, I want you to go into the land and I want you to see it for what it is. Number two, I want you to hold your place here. We're coming right back. We're to look to God by faith to avoid making decisions based on how things appear. Now, I want to introduce this next point with Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. I want you to turn there and I want you to underline this verse of Scripture because it's so appropriate to what God is going to teach us here. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. Read it aloud with me. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name. As I thought about these spies, I used to think, well, they were just, you know, unknowns, weak men who just kind of stepped up and volunteered and said, oh, I'll go, I'll be a spy. But then it's like God connected the dot in my mind as I was reading this recently, and it's like, no, no, no. These were not just people who were not known. These were not people who were not tried or, or tested in some measure. The Bible says in our text in Numbers 13, in verse number 2, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one what? A ruler among them. These were men of renown, men of respect, men who had the confidence of the people. But then, of all things, God gives their names. Think about this wall of shame, really. God gives us their name. They were not concerned about the name of God. That's why their name became a name of shame. We should be more concerned about the name of God than the name of those that we think, well, hey, that person knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's important. He's educated. He's got a position. I'll tell you what, I'm going to listen to what he says. That's what the people did, ultimately. Now, it's good to know that people are studied, they're prepared, they're experienced. But if those people don't know God or have a heart for God or if they're not walking by faith, they can easily influence you away from God. You think about it, there are a lot of people today, they don't want to listen to the preacher. They don't want to listen to God. They want to listen to people who really are up in the echelons of life that says, hey, I know what I'm saying. I know what I mean. And I know what I represent. People are like, whoa, better listen to them. Tell you what, friend, God can use people like that if they have a heart for him. But if not, if they're not going to point you to God, they will point you away from God. You get that? Now, God gives their names. I won't labor it, but I thought it was interesting. I looked up the meaning of their names. Renowned, judge, forcible, avenger, deliverer, delivered, fortune of God, fortunate, people of God, hidden, majesty of God. But one, Nabi, his name meant occult. I thought, now that's interesting. Occult. I wonder if these men were chosen or chosen as people were choosing these different ones. I wonder if they were chosen 
based upon their credentials in the eyes of men, but not based upon their faith and their heart for God. Be careful. There's a lot of people who dismiss mom and dad even. When they go off to college, this professor, see, he knows. Boy, he's got so many degrees. I mean, he's boiling hot. He, he just knows exactly what's going on. I'm telling you, he's on mark as to what he's saying. Mom and dad, they don't know. Pastor, I mean, come on. Sunday school teacher. Be careful developing that kind of attitude or spirit in life. Give more value to those who know God and are going to point you to God than someone who is perhaps educated beyond common sense. And they think they know more than God. You know, it was Stephen Hawking who said that religion is for those people who are afraid of the dark. And then someone answered and said, well, atheism is for those who are afraid of the light. I don't want to be afraid of the light. I want to know God, and I want those who know God to influence my life. That's who I want to follow. Remember Joshua and Caleb? Caleb's name meant manly, forcible. Joshua, deliverer. Men who had a heart for God. Two spies that went in and yes, they saw the challenge, but they saw God through eyes of faith. They said these giants are great. Even the sons of Anak were there. These men who were great in stature and, and all the people of the land feared but because Joshua and Caleb feared God above man, they were not afraid of these giants in the land. They knew that these men were bigger than them, greater than them, but not bigger nor greater than their God. Oh, be careful getting impressed with those of this world. God wants us to avoid making decisions based on how things appear. Because we're walking by sight and not by faith. I've always looked at it this way. If God presents a challenge to us, let's pray about it. If it's not God's will, fine. We should pray, Lord, if it's not your will, close the door. But if God doesn't close the door and opens it even wider, and he says, I want you to trust me and go through this door by faith, I'm willing to believe God. I'm willing to leave my personal convenience or comfort, my own desires even. I'm willing to lay them aside and say, Lord, whatever it costs me to pursue you and your will, I'm willing to do it because I know you're greater than me. I know that you can do what I cannot. Lord, I'm not going to make a decision based upon how things appear. And, and by the way, the Bible says judge nothing before the time because things aren't always what they seem. Everything that glitters is not gold. The Bible says we should not judge based on appearances. Don't 
begin to size everyone up as though we know who they are and why they are and what they're all about when we don't. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Only God knows the heart. God knows your heart and my heart. That's why we should be humbled before God, not haughty. I know your heart. I know your heart. I know why you do this, why you don't do that. I know that. No, you don't. No, you don't. You put yourself in the place of God. Who are you? Who are you to live your life in such a way of always striving with people in your heart as though you know theirs? You don't always know what you're dealing with. You don't always see what God is doing. His ways are so much higher than ours, so much so greater than ours. Oh, we should humble ourselves before the Lord. We should say, God, teach me. Open my heart. Open my eyes. Help me to see things as you see them. Help me to see things for what they really are. God said, I'm going to give you this land. Yeah, it's one thing for you to survey it and say, well, let's see what the challenge is and what we're going to have to deal with and trust God for, but don't let it talk you out of it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not God's will after all. Uh, we're going to have to actually roll up our sleeves and go to work. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to sacrifice. That's always a part of laying hold of what God has laid hold of you to accomplish in this life. Trusting God. I'm willing to do my part without hesitation. Lord, you're able. They said, Joshua and Caleb did, we're well able. God is with us. Don't hesitate. Don't talk yourselves out of this. Don't think this is something that cannot be done. You know what? You're right. On one hand, we can't do it. But don't leave God out. Because with God, what is impossible with man is possible with him. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that? God is able. It's possible with God. I want to live a life of faith, a life of possibilities. Don't you prospects? What does God have yet? What does God want yet? How does God want to show him strong, himself strong yet? through my life and to this church and through us? How can we just live with a life of expectation, expecting miracles from God, that God will do what we can't? I, I, I want to be a part of a church like that myself. I've mentioned this to you before. There's all kinds of things we can do. We have a, a measure of ability and understanding. We can do a lot of things. And we have to do our part, but it all has to be given to God and sanctified and filtered through prayer and through His Word, Right? See, they came back, these men did. Men of note, men of renown, men of influence and importance, people, uh, when they came back, they said, oh, this is a land flowing with milk and honey, and we sung about that yesterday, and uh, these grapes of Eshcol in verse 24, and uh, so many things, and it's like, wow, it's a land of abundance and a land of plenty, but wait a minute, you know, Verse 27 and verse 28, nevertheless, underline that word, nevertheless, is that where you're going to live? I see all of this before us. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It has a lot of potential. I mean, it's amazing if, uh, if this is what God wants, but I just don't see how we're going to do it. I tell you, I just don't see how this is possible. There's no way we can do this because of all that the land offers us. 
is basically held back from us by our inabilities and our limitations. Can't do it. Now, we better be careful coming down on that side because this is exactly where these spies landed. Nevertheless, the people be strong to dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, I mean, it, it goes from bad to worse. We saw the children of Anak there. I, I, I mean, the walled cities, the great people that we're no match for, it obviously says, hey, good thought, Moses. Hey, thanks, Lord. It probably would have been better if we stayed in Egypt and never ventured out because now we're stuck. We're up against something that we're no match for. See, that's where God loves to take us to our Red Seas, to our Kadesh Barneas, right? God loves to take us there. It's a proving time. Will you humble yourself and seek me? Or will you make it about you and each other and, and who should know and, and who, who doesn't know and, and who's more important, who has more influence? I'll tell you what, that's why you should never politic the work of God. Who's the strongest and loudest voice? Who is the most forceful personality? That's the way a lot of churches are run. The strongest family. Can you imagine that? I'd hate to be a part of a church to where I knew I was at the mercy of man. I would. I mean that with all of my heart. And I, I want you to know, you're not at my mercy because if I'm not going to follow God, I don't deserve to be here and I don't want to be here. Who would want to be in this type of position? Who would want to heap this unto themselves if they're not in their heart truly going to follow God? You can't do a work for God without God. You have to be a praying people, a faith-filled people. You got to be those who say, well, listen, I, I, I know it's important that we do our part, our homework. We survey the land. We see it uh, for what it really is. I understand that. But when it's all said and done, we have to discern, is this the will of God? Because if it is, whatever the challenge is before us, and it's good for us to identify them up front, we're going to commit them to God. We're going to trust God with them. And we're going to press forward and lay hold of what God has for us. Oh, I tell you, there's so many things I could bring out here, but let me just go to point three. Look to the Lord. Look to God through eyes of faith. To not only see things for what they really are, to avoid making decisions based upon how things appear, but to rise to the challenge before you. They were the nevertheless moreover people, these ten spies. Nevertheless, moreover. But then notice verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. There it is. Don't hesitate. Don't balk. Let, let's not wring our hands. Let's not say, Well, what are we doing? Why do we get ourselves into this? We shouldn't be doing this. I mean, look at a, don't Don't uh, just wring your hands in unbelief, but let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. What we can't do, God can. See, they made an honest assessment. 
I mean, the land offers so much, but it also has challenges that are greater than us, and we're no match for them. That's true. But don't stop there. Believe God. God is with us. God is for us. God will show himself strong, and God is unlimited. All he's wanting is someone who will believe him. If he can make the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth, and the fullness thereof... Is there not a God in heaven who is able to meet this challenge before us? Surely there is. You get into chapter 14. Joshua and Caleb are saying in verse 8, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they have bread for us. Their defense is departed for them. From them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. When you fear God most, all lesser fears lose their power. God is with us. Let's go. Let's get this done. A ring in their hands. Oh no, we should have stayed in Egypt. Oh no, would the God we had died here? You brought us out here to die. God says, Okay, I heard it. And then the time came, get this, and this is what speaks in my heart. Once they realized the severity, of the judgment of God upon their unbelief. They said, you'll wander aimlessly for 40 years until everyone 20 years old and upward dies. The severity of their judgment. Later on, you can read, they said, all right, let's go up now. Let's go up now. Wow, if it's going to cost us that, we better go up instead. And you know what Moses said? It's too late. It's too late. God knows your heart and God sees your heart. Now you're only reacting not out of genuine contrition and repentance toward God against whom you've truly sinned. You're just looking to advantage yourself circumstantially because you thought, well, in despair and unbelief, I mean, I'm never going to get even better than this. But because you didn't believe God and you left God out, when God showed you what all he was going to do, and then all of a sudden, whoa, I want that after all. God says no. That heart of unbelief is still there. That heart of self-will is still there. You move at the wind. You move at circumstances. You don't move at the word of God. I want to move at God's word, don't you? I want to do what God says. I don't want to say, well, I'm going to do this. And, oh, that, that's too hard. <laughs> I'm going to do this instead. Huh? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not good either. So let's be careful. Let's be careful in all of our hearts and our lives to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to leave you out. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to serve you and do all of your will. Charles Spurgeon said, the worst sort of clever men are those who know better than the Bible. Don't be impressed with those kind of people. Don't be impressed with people who know better than God. who always put themselves in a place as, I'm the authority. Hear what I say. My word is final on this. Listen, friend, if your word is just echoing what God says, fine. Right? But if your word in any way is going to come up against and challenge God's word, I'm going with God's word. That's what these spies did. Hey, listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Oh, yes, they do. They're important men. They're men of influence, men of stature, men of credibility. Uh, oh, let's listen to them. 
if what you say comes up against what God says, that's where Joshua and Caleb said, I'm going to believe God. But that could be not only what someone's saying to you, but it could be what you're saying to yourself. Lean not unto thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct thy paths. Don't come down on the side of, well, this is the way I see it, this is what I think. Come down on the side of saying, God, show me what you say and what you want. And what you say and what you think about the matter is what I'm going to think. That's where I'm going to come down on this. Because I want to see it for what it really is, Lord. And I don't want to make important life-determining decisions based upon what it appears to be or what I think or how I feel about it or someone else even. What do you say, Lord? What do you want? Lord, help me to rise to the challenge, the opportunity before me. There's so many blessings on the other side. Help me not to miss that, Lord. In 1799... Conrad Reed discovered a 17-pound rock while fishing in Little Meadow Creek, just up here in Cabarrus County. Not knowing what it was, his family used it as a doorstop for three years. In 1802, his father, John Reed, took it to a jeweler who identified it as a lump of gold worth $3,600 in that day. That lump of gold, which was used as a doorstop for three years in North Carolina, is one of the biggest gold nuggets ever found east of the Rockies. They didn't even know what they had. And one day, someone helped them to see it for what it really was. This is gold, man. Do you know I thank God for those he put in my life to teach me the golden truths of his word? They were there all along. I didn't even see them. Sometimes I'd read them and didn't even know what they meant. But God opened my eyes and said, I want you to see me and see things for what they really are. Did you know that the Charlotte area was a place of uh, gold diggers and gold mines and, and all kinds of things? The road I live on is named Gold Mine Road. I t keep telling Rebecca, one day we're going to be digging for flowers or a garden or something. I just know it. <laughs> I promise you, I'm serious now. I know it is hilarious on one hand, but I am serious on the other. How could you live on Gold Mine Road and be in greater Charlotte area where there's all kind of gold found in the 1800s and there not be some still here? Honestly, there's gold in them there hills out back. Uh, not much hills, but you know, little humps. But you know what I'm talking about. Who knows what God has for us? Who knows what we'll uncover or discover one day as we walk by faith? But God wants us to see things as he sees them. He wants us to see the value of what he's done in our lives. So many things we take for granted. So many things that means nothing. Just put it there. Use it as a doorstop. Oh, I wonder what God has already blessed you with, but you don't see it. But you need God to put somebody in your path to help you have your eyes open. Say, do you see what you have here? Do you see how rich you are? How blessed you are? Do you realize the opportunity that God has given you? Wow. You sure need to, right? That's why we ought to be men and women and young people of faith. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to ask God to show us what we don't see ourselves. We're going to ask God to show us and give us clarity when 
certain things appear to be something they're not. And we're just going to come down to the point to where it's like, Lord, whatever challenge you have for us. I, I don't want to get to the point to where I don't want what God has for me. Remember, Joshua and Caleb, God spared them. God says, I'm going to give you what I promised you, but you're going to have to wait on it for 40 years. After 40 years, Caleb comes back and says, hey, you know that mountain? You know that mountain you promised me and my family? I still want it. I don't know what God's going to allow, time, circumstance. I mean, it may seem like that's long past. I move beyond that. That ship has sailed preacher long ago. Do you still believe there's a God in heaven because he shows us in his word that though years may pass, can still turn things around and say, hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity yet. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you still want what I have for you and for your family? I'm not a young pastor anymore. Sometimes in my mind I think I am. I know in my body I'm not. I've been here a long time. I've been praying for some things for a long, long time. I have believed with all of my heart that if we'd be faithful, the time would come when God would open the door and move us forward to where there'd be no doubt that God is doing this. God is showing himself strong to us and through us to just simply give us an opportunity to preach the gospel, to reach people, and to train people to teach them. I believe God for that. And I marvel at how God has brought us to this place opening these doors and things that I could have never done we could have never done God in heaven has done them well if God's been faithful that means he is faithful right and that means he's going to be faithful so what's he going to do yet I don't know but through eyes of faith I know he knows and I want my eyes on the Lord I want to follow him I want him to teach me. I want him to direct me, correct me, whatever it may be, whatever I need, Lord, because this isn't about me. It's not about us. It's about what does God want? How can we best glorify and honor him through our wholehearted trust, faith, and obedience? Let's stand with our heads bowed.